The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com. Helping Isle of Man companies and citizens to understand net zero targets and a green future. Faster Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line. I haven't seen you for ages since last year, and it's good to have you along. Thanks for joining in today. So what's on your mind in this brand new year of 2023? Over the weekend, Manx Care made a plea on social media for registered nurses to come on shift at the hospital. And what's going on with the leader of Douglas Council? Has her email account been hacked or hasn't it? a message in from Terry who says uh, what's the Isle of Man coming to? you got teachers telling pupils to stay at home instead of getting educated and Manxcare telling ill people to stay at home and suffer quietly is that what they've been saying? we'll, we'll get to the bottom of that if we can uh, And uh, but I wonder uh, Julian's first with us today hi Julian, have you seen the report? Hi, did, you have a ni- did you have a nice Christmas? Uh, fantastic Christmas, what about you yourself? Yeah, not too bad the weather sort of held off a bit I suppose it was alright um, yeah, the um, Isle of Man uh, swimming pool review. Um, yeah, I've had a little look at it. Um, just thought I'd just give you a, a few points. Do you think uh, it's a coincidence, uh, Julian, that they, they released it at five o'clock? Uh, well, I think, or, or was it a bit later? Was it a bit early? Certainly was after the last man in line of the year. Uh, yes, it was, wasn't it? It was interesting timing, but, um, you know, always good to lose things around Christmas, perhaps. But um, anyway... I've had a look at it, and at face value, the review suggests that the Southern Pool is the biggest drain on public finances, which is the important point that I think they're trying to make. However, if you make a more careful evaluation of the review's figures, um, you come to a few different conclusions, and I've got about four key areas that seem to need to be questioned. Um, First, the review shows that the Southern Pool had a deficit of 46,000, and Ramsey's Northern Pool had a £7,000 surplus. But to make that assertion, the report is ignoring the huge loan repayment costs associated with Ramsey Pool. So it's a bit like ignoring a mortgage repayment every year, which is actually £322,000 a year higher than Southern Pool's loan cost on that little bracket. Now, if you were to um, take all the government help for Ramsey and Castletown, and you switch them. So Castletown gets Ramsey's help, and Ramsey gets Castletown's help. Southern Pool would show a £267,000 surplus, and Ramsey would suddenly have a £305,000 deficit. So that would be very different if you just switched the help over between Ramsey and, um, and Southern Pool. And if you put it another way, if you took all the funding for the three regional pools and you split them evenly three ways, Southern Pool would have had a £41,000 surplus and Ramsey would still have had a £219,000 deficit if you'd done it fairly and just taken all the money and distributed it across the three. Now, another concern when you look at a bit of the, the expenditure details, the wages and the fees listed for the Southern Pool seem rather high. Now, despite the report describing the operations manager at the Southern Pool as, and I quote, young and inexperienced, 
The management wage is 20,000 more than Ramsey's down at Southern Pool, which seems a bit exorbitant. Uh, similarly, the audit fees for Southern Pool are more than double Ramsey's at 20,000. Are you all right for me to continue? No, I'm just trying to... Uh, 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 it's funny, I, when you were talking about the <clears throat> amount of money that's been apportioned to each particular pool, um, what screams at me is the fact that um, the Southern Pool is the oldest... And what came into my head was somebody somewhere said, don't throw good, mon- good, good money after bad. Well, yes, but then it's been how many decades that they've been talking about putting a new pool and a school down in the south. So, so where, I mean, okay. and where is the future for the Southern Pool? Do you think it's inextricably linked to a Newcastle Russian high school? It would make sense to do that. Because um, that's years away. Well, yes, but then you can't leave everyone in the South um, without a pool, really. Um, I think you mentioned in one of our conversations ages ago that, you know, it might come off the curriculum, which seems crazy for an island to have its kids not knowing how to swim properly. Um, The other concern that I was looking at was the cafe. But the staff wages at the cafe in the South seems disproportionately higher than Peel. Um, the initial profit of that cafe at Southern Pool before the wages are considered was £36,500, but the wages exceeded it. But in Peel, um, they made a profit after everything of 50000 And the report did state um, that the Peel swimming pool did better because of the cafe profit. So it does make you wonder if the cost to the cafe in the south was somewhat wrong. Well, you wonder, uh, Julian, I mean, is there somebody in the south who is burning to put a a new kitchen into the southern pool and to make a go of it and take the profit? Well, if you look at, say, Ramsey, they subcontract their their cafe out, but they only get 18,500 rent. So the the people who've got the cafe in Ramsey keep that. Yeah. So Peel has the cafe and keeps the profit. And the profit for the cafe in Peel was 50,000. But they've got 50 covers. Ramsey's got 70 covers. So in theory, Ramsey would have even more than 50,000 profit if you look at what Peel's made. Um, But one of the largest expenditures that seems strange is the national insurance, pensions and recruitment costs at the Southern Pool. Yeah. Now, the, the wage totals at the Southern Pool are far less than Peel or Ramsey, um, but they're four times higher than Ramsey, £147,000 higher pensions, uh, pension and um, NI contribution costs at Southern, four times more than Ramsey, yeah. and 90000 more than Peel. Well, the, so, I mean, the, 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 cur- the current uh, board at uh, the Southern Pool have hinted, I mean, they haven't said... Uh, They've not been explicit, but I mean, implicit in what they say is that, you know, they inherited a bit of a mess when they took over with it and they're trying to make the best of a bad job. Now, whether they may, they are making the best of a bad job, you know, is, is, is for opinion, but they did get handed a, a, a pile of rubbish, bluntly. But if, if, if Ramsey's national insurance contributions were put to Castletown, yeah. Castletown would all of a sudden have a £101,000 surplus. So yeah, it's a yeah. huge burden, that NI. That, I don't know quite how that's worked. That really needs a bit of forensic investigation as to how less staff can have four times the NI and, and pension contributions than Ramsey. Do you think the, pool, the, the report is worth it, Julian? 
I don't know. I mean, the report basically said at the end um, that the government might take more direct control over running of the regional pools, albeit allowing the, the separate boards to remain in an advisory capacity. However, the report also says in the same document that the NSC, which is the only pool which is under direct control of the government, hasn't had a fully operational year in over five years. And you remember the problems with the movable floor, the flumes, etc., which is not a good track record. So to suggest perhaps that all the pools get taken over by government when they haven't been able to make the NSC function properly for five years. Um, so I don't think the existing system is a problem. I just think it needs a bit of fine tuning. Um, and there was a few things that were said in the report, like, for example, if there are any board members with conflicts of interest, perhaps they should resign. Um, proper government oversight on subvention funding. You remember like the £140,000 front door yeah. for Ramsey. I mean, nobody seemed to question that when it went through. Um, perhaps a bit of a fairer distribution of subvention funding for all the, the, the regional pools. Get Southern Pool opening seven days a week and get Buchan back in to get those swimming lessons, get a little bit more of the money in there. Get that cafe back in and see if we can maximise the number of seats. Because if the report is saying that Peel is only profitable, really more profit, not profitable, but more of a surplus because of their profit from their cafe, yeah. then it's madness to shut Southern Cafe. We need to get that one in, try and get some more people in and perhaps do a bit of hoarding outside, a bit of advertising. Uh, but Julian, the, it, it's obvious with the Southern Pool, the crunch is coming, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, it's it seems... It seems that there's some overhead in the management wages and the NI contributions. If they went away, it would be far more surplus than than Ramsey 7000. I right. mean, if you just got got control of those NI and pension contributions and the management wages, you'd already be completely reversing its deficit. And then you'd say, well, why would we get rid of Castletown? I mean, if you actually look at the electricity, they use a third of Ramsey's electricity they use about just about two thirds of the gas. They're using a half of the chemicals, less than half of the telephone bills, uh, cleaning chemicals, less than half. So it's actually it's quite a. I know it's not as large as that, but when you look and see that they're using a third of the electricity and things, that does say that Castletown's actually quite efficient in many ways. Well. Something has got to happen, whether it's getting those overheads under control, doing something with the cafe, um, whether the government steps in, whether the organ uh, the, 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 the pool with its conclusion, sorry, the review in its conclusions talks about operational um, options for the future. So is it going to be a, a single board for all the pools? Is it going to be government or what? What do you think? I think another word that was mentioned in the report about Southern Pool is neglect. And I think that's part of the problem. I think that there's not been much oversight on what's been spent on it, which seems, yeah. you know, we've seen some of the figures on what other things have been spent on. That would have been very useful for Castletown right neglect now. Neglect to me, though, Julian, is, is code for unloved. Somebody didn't love the Southern Pool. Somebody left it to, to rot away and to become decrepit. Well, look at the decision to close it between Christmas and New Year. I was in Peel a few times. It was heaving. You had the, all the lane swim lanes were full. The left-hand side where all the kids were in was, were, were um, completely full of people. The cafe, you, you had to wait for a table. It was heaving every day. So what was the reason for shutting Castletown Pool mm. between Christmas and New Year? Well, obviously, there was a demand for it. 
Well, so they d- deliberately left that revenue window closed uh, that, uh, on purpose. Somebody did that on purpose. Somebody decided it wasn't going to happen, and that was that. Mm. And the excuse that they used for closing on a Sunday was that their staff were paid higher. But they've now harmonized the staff wages across the week. So there's no excuse for closing on a Sunday anymore because the staff wages are the same because they've renegotiated. Well, the story continues and we'll be watching it. Julian, thanks for calling today. Yeah, nice talking to you. Uh, good to hear from you. Thanks for that. If you want more information about the pool, by the way, about this pool report, the Isle of Man Government Swimming Pool Review, if you go to tinwall.org.im, uh, just put in the Isle of Man Government Swimming Pool Review, and you can see that's not a long report. It's uh, less than about 30-odd pages, uh, but very interesting. All the numbers are there and the options for the future for the pools on the Isle of Man. Here's Wilf now. Happy New Year, Wilf. Uh, same to you, same to you. Um, now then, uh, just curiosity on my part, this one. Um, <clears throat> I'm told that uh, there is no place to take a electric car to be scrapped on the island. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I believe so. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think. Maybe do the dealers take it back, or what? I wonder what happens when you trade it in. Because that none none of them are old enough to be scrapped, are they? Well, the thing is, they've been in a few years now. The government has got a whole load of them, and they're talking about getting more. Some of the councils have got them, Uh, and the thing is, when when the batteries get that you know no longer think they're not holding the charge or whatever. Then you can say that vehicle is scrapped because it costs so much for a new set of batteries. The car's not worth it because it costs the same as a new car, an ordinary new car, not electric one. Now then, <clears throat> if there's no place to scrap these things, where does the government cars go when it comes to that time to be scrapped? Now, we'll, we'll say that it's government, so they will send them away or whatever. But there's no resale value for one of these things because when the batteries is down, the whole car is down. But nobody can take it for scrap. So let's say they go away. But what about the private man who's got his own car? Yeah. When it comes time for him to get rid, what happens? This is the curious question I want to, you know. And there's somebody out there if you want to know something, ask on the man online and somebody will come up with the answer. Yeah, well, I've had a message in already to say, Wilf, apparently it's the it's the cadmium and the lithium. It's the heavy yeah. metals. Uh, nobody apparently can... is, is uh, I don't know whether this correspondent is saying nobody is uh, qualified or licensed to get rid of the cadmium and lithium uh, from the batteries. So presumably the... Ba- I don't know. Do they often take the batteries out? Can't you get replacement batteries for the things? Well, then you see, if the scrap man here would take the batteries out, <coughs> he can <coughs> and he can scrap the rest of the car, but he can't scrap the batteries. So what does he do with them? Well, I wonder. So I don't think they're allowed to have them. Well, it's nasty stuff. I mean, stuff. I'm retired from that now, so I don't know about these things, you see. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll find out then, Wolf. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thanks very much. Thanks for calling today. Looks 22 minutes past 12. Where can you recycle electric vehicle batteries on the Isle of Man, or do they have to be sent away? Uh, What exactly happens?
here's a message in that just says, um, uh, why is a Czech civil, civil aviation authority Cessna citation arriving at Ronald's Way? Yesterday this was, says Chris. I wonder if anybody knows. Czech Civil Aviation Authority Cessna Citation. Uh, paying nurses a realistic salary for their skills and commitment to their profession will be a good start to alleviating the troubles for the for Manx Care, says Colin in the south. Uh, Julian's done his homework, says S on 466, regarding the cost of the pools on the Isle of Man. Uh, but the one thing that stood out in all of his statements is the fact that the pension and NI contributions for one of the pools, this has absolutely pinpointed the problem with government, both central and local. And that is the absolute out-of-control pension situation, which has been going on for probably three to four decades. Now that nobody, uh, nobody has the backbone to address this, says S, this could bankrupt the country. Not much more to say on that. We've talked about the public sector pension liability many times in the past. Seems it's not going to go away. Uh, retailers complain about sales and tell us to buy Manx, yet most of them were closed over Christmas and the New Year. No newspapers on New Year's Day because the airport want to put an extra charge to let them in. Shocking, says Graham. I thought the newspapers came in on the boat, to be quite honest, but anyway. Uh, I don't think you can trade in an electric vehicle, says Ian. Thanks for that message. So, yes, at the weekend, uh, Magscare made a plea on social media for registered nurses to come on shift at the hospital. Now, Magscare says solutions to chronic staff vacancies are all long-term. And in the meantime, they're relying on bank and agency staff <clears throat> and, of course, at the new improved price. Magscare's Director of Nursing is Paul Moore, and we asked him... Is this sustainable? I, I don't think it is financially sustainable um, for any length of time, but it, at the moment it is necessary given the um, needs of the people of the Isle of Man and how, how they need help at the moment to get through their illnesses. So um, it's not an acceptable position and it's not financially sustainable, but uh, it's something that I think we're going to have to continue to do for a little while yet. I am concerned about the impact it has on the quality of care. I'm also concerned about the impact it has on the experience of care. But what I would add to that is that, by and large, most people who experience care at Manx Care, even during this period, which is difficult, uh, they're extremely grateful for the, the kindness and the uh, support that they get from the staff on the ground. And that fills me with a lot of confidence that even though it's difficult, we are doing our best. There is Paul Moore. Now, he's the, the bloke in charge of nursing for Manx Care, uh, but not sustainable. And the money's got to come from somewhere. The money simply has to come from somewhere, whether it's uh, for uh, backup in the in Manx Care, or whether it's indeed that interminable, intractable teaching dispute, which is still on, uh, and there'll be days of action, there'll be strikes later on this month. The Treasury Minister has been speaking out about the budget. Well, the budget is next month. And Dr. Allenson says the economy has taken a battering over the past few years. Unprecedented challenges from 2022 basically have made predicting what's happening this year. Well, lick your finger and stick it in the air. Very difficult. Despite insisting there are sufficient reserves to withstand another crisis, Dr. Allenson says the government, and that means you and me, 
has to live within its means. Running a government, running running an island is very similar to running your home. You have to know what's coming in in terms of money and you have to know where your bills are and when they need to be paid. Um, the, the whole aspect of the, of the budget in February is to get that balance right, but also not just to respond and be reactive to short-term problems, but to have that long-term vision of what this island should become and can become in terms of greater wealth coming down to all the people who live here. Well, there's Dr. Allenson. Uh, Just a quick word, by the way, on uh, the constabularist tweet, uh, Twitter feed. It's called Tweetbeat, tweetbeat, at tweetbeat.iom. They're still talking about this missing person, Robert Dawson. Robert Dawson has been... Now, they originally posted this 12 hours ago, so Mr. Dawson is still missing. He's wearing a black jumper, grey fleece, a green jacket, blue jeans and black trainers. He's known to sleep rough in the Douglas and Abbeylands area and if seen, call police headquarters, call the constabulary on 631212. Robert Dawson, still missing. If you can help, we'd like to hear from you. Now, Julian was talking about the Southern Pool and Because it's adjacent to Castle Russian High School and because the new Castle Russian High School is decades um, overdue. And how long is it going to be before, uh, you know, the first digger digs a hole to start the new Castle Russian High School? When will the first pupils march into the replacement Castle Russian High School? Some years ago, Juan Watterson suggested that 2027, Speaker of the Keys, Joan Watterson, and MHK, uh, one of the Southern MHKs, says 2027 is probable. 2027. The date is looking more likely as we wait for even more design stages for Castle Russian High School. And, I mean, in your mind, if you can see, you can imagine where Castle Russian High School is right next to the Southern Swimming Pool, it will make sense to do both at once. But the Southern Swimming Pool is is under threat. There's no doubt about it. So what's going to happen with the Newcastle Russian High School? In 2019, it was suggested that the new replacement secondary school at Castletown could be completed by 2024, costing at least 30 millions. New playing fields have been laid out next to the present buildings, but the Education Minister has now told Keys members it'll be 12 months before design work on Castle Russian School Mark II will be completed. The present Castle Russian School was built in 1961, before the Beatles started twanging their way to the top. In the Keys, the Minister, Julie Edge, was once again questioned about when there would be bricks in the wall. The department have progressed the initial feasibility study undertaken with Shepherd Robson Architects. Working with architects at the Manx Development Corporation, experienced in school development, the department now have a master plan for the development of the whole of the Castle Russian High School site. The plan needs to be presented to Treasury prior to being submitted to the Council of Ministers and this will be taking place in the next couple of weeks. If approved, detailed design and costings can be developed with a view to a phased build. And I can confirm to the Honourable Member that I have discussed with the new Treasury Minister and the previous commitment with regards to funding for the school is still his one of his priorities. We're at a critical point in terms of the current school building. It's dilapidated, reports have suggested issues of safety and 
there's a general issue in terms of if we're going to attract all these people to the island, when they see that school and see that building, it's going to detract rather than encourage parents to bring their children locate here. We've looked at the whole site and we will make and that is to make sure that it's suitable for any future growth. Plans include recreational facilities, so simple question, does that include a replacement for the dilapidated Southern Swimming Pool? The key priority quite clearly to the Honourable Questioner today is Castle Russian High School and that will be our first focus. Is there a date when we'll actually see something in the newspapers, hear about it on the radio? Once you go to just down stage one in Capital Projects, D1, that's when that starts. That was Julie Edge. You also heard uh, a former teacher from Castle Russian High School, Jason Morehouse, MHK, and Tim Glover, Arbury Castle Town and Maloo, MHK. So 1961 it was built. They predicted in 2019 it will be built by 2024. Technically next year will it cost £30 million. You can guarantee that the new one will cost certainly more than £30 million. Uh, but, and what do you think about the point that Jason Morehouse made, that new residents, people coming to the Isle of Man, wanting to live in the gorgeous south of the Isle of Man, looking at Castle Russian High School. Now, there's some fantastic teachers. We do broadcast from Castle Russian High School. The, the students are fantastic. The teachers are very hardworking. They're ter- a very vibrant bunch of people. But it's a dump. It's a dump. It was built in 1961. The darn thing is 61, 62 years old now. You know, they're talking about having a new fire station on the Peel Road in Douglas. That was built in, what, the 1970s? And they're talking about knocking that down. So why are we forcing children, students, into Castle Russian High School and uh, when everybody knows it needs to be replaced? There just seems to be a logjam somewhere. What would a new resident coming to live in the South think when they walked into the drive and went into Castle Russian High School? Would they think, crikey, the Isle of Man is really forward-looking? Or what would they think? Here's an interesting message in from 776. Currently, there's much scrutiny of travel expenses for ministers in the Isle of Man government. But up to a certain level, I think this is relatively unimportant. Out in the world, there's a world which runs on networking, cooperating with others, being known, establishing a worthy reputation and a positive image, a positive brand. Our ministers, our top executives must move with apparent confidence in that world because we need its trade. Bluntly, we need its help. We mustn't be seen as being wallflowers in cheap suits stuck in the corner. That costs. So our interrogation of the minister should be, well, number one, what did you actually achieve or learn on the trip? Will it help the Isle of Man? And more importantly, what actions are you doing now as a result of that? Eddie's on now. Hi, Eddie. Hi, you all right? Good, thanks. Happy New Year. And the same to you, matey. The same to you. Same to you all. Um, I've come in a little bit late and I noticed that Julian had, had been talking about the school. Uh, first, first of all, Julie Edge is living up to her reputation. She waited right the way up until Christmas before anything was announced, I believe. Am I right? It was. It was. I think it came out about two hours after the final man in line had gone off the air. <laughs> Absolutely predictable, wasn't it? I think the reason for that could be that she wants everyone to calm down over the Christmas period and New Year. 
but um, it isn't going to die down, is it? It's it's still terrible. I haven't actually seen the report yet, Andy. But can you give me a, a, the, the, there was a figure, wasn't there, of how much it cost for the inquiry? I think was it about fifty thousand? Fifty thousand. I think somewhere around there. I think it was. Right. Well, just to repeat what we said years and over the last few years. £50,000 wasted on something that we already knew. That's the, the view of absolutely everybody. If there's going to be an inquiry, what it should be is uh, by the police into falsifying documents, surely. No way is the, uh, the pool going to go from £30,000 profit one year to a, um, a loss the next year. Uh, I've also come across a few other things that need pointing out here. Is that um, I believe you've been talking about the NI uh, um, costs and things like this. Well, that's in the report itself, Eddie. Yeah. Well, well, well you've been discussing it earlier. But I missed the very beginning of your show, so I believe you've been discussing it. Yeah, Julian but was we, talking about the differences in N, the NI liability. Yeah, and what what I think is. Um, one of the things that came out of this, was it not that, that it has been mismanaged over the last God knows how many years? Uh, well, I mean, mismanaged, is that's a pejorative term. Let's say that um, um, performance has been patchy. Right. Well, one of the things that struck me is that um, the, whoever comes up with all the figures that, that, that we've had in the recent couple of years... But there's something that I know for a fact that they had um, one manager who was dismissed for disciplinary reasons. He then took a tribunal uh, and won it. And I wonder if the compensation which he got has actually been put in and lumped in as those wages. Right now, I know it was a substantial amount and it, it sort of, makes you think, is that the point where she's saying all of a sudden we're running at a loss when we weren't running at a loss? It's mismanagement that mm. cost that loss. Do you think so, maybe? Well, I mean the the I mean obviously the figures will come out, but I think I think we need to turn away from the rocks, Eddie. I think we need to go and see where does the Southern Pool now go in the future. Because obviously, if there's been you know patchy management in the past, that's that's oh, that's fine. That's happened. But the the pool has to be secured for the future, and you know swimmers exactly. of the future have to have somewhere to go. It wants what it wants is. Uh, I actually said this when you had Julie Edge on your show. I said what it wants the government to do is a complete U-turn, put money back into the Southern Swimming Pool, get it open seven days a week again. It's like um, I believe Julian said earlier on. They've re renegotiated all the wage uh, systems, so get it back open again. Do a total U-turn. And maybe if they wanted to, which would cost nothing, a police inquiry into people manipulating figures, because I think that that is the biggest cause of all this problem. And there could be an underlying uh, conflict of interest, as, as has been suggested. Okay. That wants nothing to. Well, I'm sure they will. All right, Eddie, we appreciate your call. Thanks for being with us.
Thank you. Good to hear from you. Well, uh, again, I've just mentioned if you want to go, you can find that. If you go to manxradio.com, just punch in Alabang Government Swimming Pool Review. You'll find a link to it there. Or go to tinwall.org. As it is at the moment, we wait to see what the action will be regarding the Southern Pool. I mean, no uh, implication, no uh, allegations been made of any sort of of any sort of mismanagement, certainly no sort of misbehaviour. But the fact is, the Southern Pool is where it is. And you have this um, old pool sitting there with lots of people who want to swim. It isn't open all the time. It wasn't open over Christmas. And um, the other pools are kind of doing okay and have relevant um, funds and support from the government. So where do we go from here? Where does the South? And just remember, those 300 houses that are being built at Balasella, even if only... A quarter of the people who live in those houses want to go for a swim. Where do they go now? David's with us. Hello, David. Hi, Randy. And uh, the word for 23 is going to be, what did the Romans do for us? (laughs) In our case, in the Isle of Man, what did the government do for us in 2023? And what we should be doing as as, um, a pressure group or whatever, or people that come on and have different views and thoughts is, Let's us come up with some views as well. What's going to happen for the future? And what are we going to do? With, where's the 42 million? That's still money still there. And all these other pots of money that have been allocated for different things. And don't forget, they're going to drop a school in the main road, I believe, according to the papers, reading yeah, yeah. that. What's going, what, what, what are we doing there? Is that for the park and for the nurse's home that wasn't provided? And I'd love Steve, Stephen Moore who lives in the particular area, maybe to come on and tell us what's happening there. Because I know he was on to uh, Thomas all the time to say, keep the residents informed what actually is going to happen. And the same thing about the Bowling Green pub, closed, no license now. We own that. The taxpayer owns that. The public and the quarter bridge. And we still haven't had that interview, hopefully. Two interviews would be the good thing for the new year. Is one with this um, development organisation, what is the remit? What what is their? Um, where are they going to get all the money from? What are they going to bring forward? And the the next one should be, is the new chief constable, and uh, just I'm sorry to wind you a little bit, but thanks anyway for the people that lobbied a little bit for vape, vaping, vaping, <laughs> vaping, uh, where they're going to have a public consultation on it yeah, now. Yeah. We should have had it ages ago, and. I hope people would, uh, even if they do smoke, we want to put something down there for the children, for the kiddies who shouldn't be doing it at that age. They're ruining their lives and ruining their health for the future. I think that's, I mean, that's the point, them. David. We shouldn't be pointing at kids. It's not their fault. Kids are kids. No. And, we, you know, yeah. kids, they need to have something to do. If they've got something to do, they wouldn't be vaping. I know. And the, the best thing they can do, there's loads of sport on the island. There's all sorts of things to do. There's all sorts of government uh, departments, the NSC there. Give them something extra to do. I mean, we've got, we've got enough land to do things there. And get the school done down south. What are, the, what are they messing about on? It's going to take a year to design a school. Come on. 
Um, I'm sure there's some better, uh, good architects that can get together. Well, Manx Development some... Corporation have been. We've requested them. We've offered them an invitation uh, to come on Man in Line. But I have heard a couple of uh, a couple of bits of Manx skeet, uh, which I won't repeat. Apart from telling you that there's a compulsory purchase order that may be going through, and there may be a multi-story car park being uh, constructed. I think in Douglas somewhere under the aegis with some uh, accommodation. But uh, that's just. Well, uh, Unsubstantiated the, skeet. The man skeet. But there'd be there's certain of it in there. And why don't the politicians come on and tell us, all the ministers? I mean, at the end of the day, they do, they, they're to do the work for the, for the population to make sure where we sit comfortably, we have a good quality of life, and we can jo- enjoy uh, each other's company. It will be interesting and, and to know when the budget's on next month, as you say, where that uh, green budget, that £42 million <laughs> has gone. And I'd love to find out, did anybody ever get any PV for the roof or grants towards them? <laughs> I know some people got, um, uh, they're going to have light bulbs, there's going to be uh, millions of light bulbs be going to be given out and insulation. But if you've got double glazing, you've got other things like that, are you going to need light bulbs and insulation? I don't think so. All right. Anyway, thanks for See being with us. Take care now. It's six, 16 minutes to one. Are you buying the right insurance for your business? What are you paying for exactly? With premiums rising year on year, it's important to make sure that you've got the right cover included in your policy. Aon will visit your business, review your insurances and provide advice on how your cover can be improved. For a free policy health check, call Aon today on 692 400. Aon Isle of Man Limited is registered with the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority as an insurance intermediary in respect of general business. Athol Garage in Balasala doesn't just service and repair any make or model of car. They also operate a recovery vehicle to rescue you and your vehicle from anywhere on the island. See? Aren't you glad we went to Ethel? For top quality work from Nissan factory trained technicians, dedicated aftercare and now recovery too. Ethel, a garage to swear by, not swear at. Book now at athol.im or call the A-Team whenever you need them. 820082. Need something to brighten up these dark winter months? Treat yourselves to a glitzy night at the Manin Hotel. Enjoy a three-course a la carte dinner, superb entertainment, plus a night stay and breakfast too, all just £185 per couple. On January the 14th, you can start the new year in style as Billy West returns with the ultimate tribute to Freddie Mercury. Visit maninhotel.im to book or call 60 25 55 now. The Man in Line, brought to you by netzeromatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. Uh, faster, my good afternoon. It was cheaper to scrap an e-golf that had an irreversible electronic battery problem than to repair it, uh, says John. And a message in from 299 says, It's okay, Manx Care, putting a request out at New Year for registered nurses to set forward to help out. Why weren't the management, senior sisters and other clipboard nurses, who were all registered nurses, stepping up and putting on an apron and gloves? They should lead by example, and they wonder why staff morale is so low, says SJ. Uh, I'm mystified, uh, says uh, 466. I know the feeling. Uh, I read in the Examiner and Independent of the 29th of December that 1,419 GP appointments were did not attend during November. Now, a lot of your listeners say they can't get a GP appointment and more often are told to phone at 8 to 8.30 a.m. So who are these people 
uh, that are getting appointments and not turning up, says Emma in Ramsey. Uh, Thank you for that, Emma. Uh, Well done, Julian, says Steve. On the ball, showing how much spin and tails are told by some people in authority to get their own way regarding the pools. I've worked out how to solve the fortnightly bin collection. When you have excess rubbish, just place it outside any Douglas councillor's home. Oh, dear me. And the matter will be resolved, says Neil in Douglas. No, I wouldn't advise that. In fact, I'd specifically not advise doing it. Uh, Could you tell me why the coloured lights on Douglas Promenade aren't working? This week, there were only three coloured lights on. Three. All the best, says Dave in Peel. Uh, And I'm not keen, says 032, I'm not keen on the new switchboard for hospital and the health service asking for telephone number for Crookall House. A lady transferred me to a taped recording, then cut me off without talking to or getting through to anybody. You had the same problem? 032, that was. The Alamance DHSC is losing millions per year by not policing the contractors who work on their properties. The majority, says Pat, are self-employed and they don't pay NI. And Rose is with us now. Hi, Rose. Hi, Randy. It's Rose Campbell here. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm one of the registered nurses. I've been off uh, for a while with this chest infection. Um, but get the the listener the other just now said get the people with the clipboards. They're all registered nurses. Get them on the shop floor with the pennies and apron. That that's what needs to happen. Yeah, Andy, that's what needs to happen. Not sitting behind desks. The all registered nurses get the pennies and aprons on them and just do the, just do around on 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 the wards. And why do you think they're not doing it, Rose? Because they're sitting behind desks doing other jobs. Yeah, but are those jo- are those jobs important? Are those jobs important? Doing, but at the time of crisis, they do a nine to five jobby. I'm going to be shot for this now. A nine to five jobby. They have every bank holiday off, right? Why can't they just put get the sleeves rolled up and just help us a little bit more on 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 the front line? But how? I mean, how's this going to be resolved, Rose? I mean, it, things aren't getting Please better, are they? About getting new nurses trained. We get new nurses trained. We have agency. I'm a bank nurse. I don't get paid as much as agency nurses, but they're not retaining the staff, Andy, because the, the morale is so low because people in the ivory towers aren't looking after the staff below them. That's why people aren't staying in the job. It's not just here. It's the UK too. Well, so where does the public come into this? Where do the patients? Well, exactly. They're suffering. Because... The nurses we train, they're good, they're lovely nurses, but sometimes they can't sustain what's going on because they're not supported enough because of politics and because of there's no there's no top management supporting supporting us. And and at the moment, people are pushed hard and hard and hard and hard, and it's no good. Uh, Paul Moore saying, um, you know, the goodwill of the nurses. We all we've always had goodwill. But we're pushed to the limits, and I don't go on very often. I don't go on very often at all, but I see it happening, and it's it's the staff that are suffering because they can't do their job because they're, they're pushed with patients that are sick, and it's it's not the patient's fault. How long have you been a nurse, Rose? I've been a healthcare for many many years. So, and I've been a nurse for quite a few years. Okay, so tell me what's the state of morale the, the, the state of morale now. Uh, have you known morale like this during your career? 
I've told, I've, 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 I've said this about two or three years ago, and I was told I was militant because I could see, I could see things happening. Not just me. I'm not, I'm not. It's not just me. Nurses on the shop floor knows what's happening, but people aren't listening. Management aren't listening. They're not listening to, to, to people on the shop floor. I mean, people have, I mean, I know people have lived longer than what they should live or live longer than what, you know, yeah, that yeah. used to happen. But that societal, that's a societal thing too, Andy. It's to do with, um, you know, it's societal as well. Yeah, yeah. People live longer. They've got antibiotics that they don't need, things like that. So people are living longer. It's, it's, it's not their fault. It's just a societal problem as well. And we pay government people, to come up with answers to this. Well, I don't know what the answers are, Andy, but I know, I know the young nurses are lovely and they're not staying in the jobs because when you go, it's like a, not a slaughterhouse, I should say, but you go on, you're not supported. Um, and it's been on for, well, the best part of 18 months now. And as I said, I've flagged it up many times. I had Alf Cannon here when he was Treasurer Secretary. And cut the glass ceiling down. Take the glass ceilings off and bring them back down. I'm not going to be like for this at all, Andy. When all I right. go back to work, I won't okay. be like this at all because I've had enough and people should speak up. We've had enough. Okay. Rose, I appreciate you coming on and, and saying what you've said. Right. So please, I hope they don't shoot me in the foot. <laughs> all right. Thanks for that. Take care, Rose. I'll shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> right. Bye, Andy. It's nine minutes to one. New year, new business. Achieve your business goals with Nicola Balker & Co. We understand the challenges and can advise and assist you on your way. Nicola Balker & Co. Accountants and Tax Advisors, helping businesses in the Isle of Man for 19 years. This April, Tours Isle of Man are mixing it up in the Shires on a fantastic trip to Nottingham. Join us for a week from the 16th of April as we visit the historic city's famous sites, including museums and shopping opportunities, and even a short excursion on a narrow boat through the beautiful Derwent Valley. And then we'll bring you home, straight to your door. Nottingham is not to be missed. Find out more on our website. Have you ever wondered what you're looking at when you gaze at the stars? How to design the perfect cupcake? Or even what it would be like to speak Italian? Wine tasting, jewellery making, photography, yoga, ceramics, music and so much more. University College Isle of Man offers over 200 exciting leisure courses. What will you choose? Come along and meet new people, find an exciting hobby and have fun. Visit ucm.ac.im to enrol now. UCM. Inspire. Challenge. Empower. The Man in Line. Brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem. Now, something weird happened before, uh, just after Christmas, and that we got an email into the radio station that said it was signed Claire, Claire Wells, the, the head of Douglas uh, Council. And it was, ju- it was just a quick heads up. If it, if it leaks out early next week, I'm sure official channels will be in touch and at some stage in the new year. But the rumour mill's already started, I believe, and this email concerns an emergency meeting of the council called for next week. This came on the 30th of December. And Claire Wells says in the email she doesn't intend to resign, as other members are suggesting. So we contacted Claire Wells, and apparently she says her email account has been hacked. So obviously we'll be waiting to see uh, the the report on that. Uh, But Claire Wells says her email account has been hacked. Uh, It was sent to somebody who no longer works at the radio station. 
but then Janet Tominy put a post up on Facebook to say, okie dokie, folks, this is the mayor, okie dokie, folks, I'll just put it out there in respect of the fortnightly bin collections, the decision was not ultimately on the head of the leader of the council, Mrs Wells, it was a council decision, so please refer any disappointments, discussions, complaints to any of your councillors. The level of personal attacks against Claire Wells has been disgusting and completely uncalled for, says the mayor, for someone acting in a voluntary, unpaid position while ensuring ratepayers' money is best used. By the way, says the mayor, I voted for fortnightly bin collections. We have offered Janet Tominy uh, an interview on Manx Radio. We've phoned her to say whether she'd like to put her point of view on the air. Uh, she said no. She didn't want to speak on the air, didn't want to speak to um, citizens and possibly voters within Douglas. Uh, lots of messages on the, uh, in response to Janet Tomlin's post on Facebook. Uh, Nick uh, said, did it ever occur to you, Councillor Tominy, that you are there to serve the people of Douglas, as described in the Charter and Constitution, not to force and impose your will? Thousands are against this stupid policy, and the Council's lack of leadership and the will to change is appalling. It's not working. And Wells and Horning sit smugly telling us that we are to blame. What the councillors have said is you have to organise, you know, your bin yourself. Uh, did you attend the meeting at the Legion? Confident in any of the Douglas councillors is at an all-time low and you should be ashamed of yourself, says Nick, forcing those you represent into having to plead for a basic service. There was that meeting at uh, the Legion where there was an impromptu vote and everybody voted to bring back in the weekly bin collection, not the fortnightly. Well, to get to the bottom of it, we need to find out whether or not it's a substantial minority, a vocal minority of people, who are making a noise about uh, the fortnightly bin collection. Or is it a view that's widely held? And we certainly open the gates. Man in line is open. If the mayor of Douglas, Janet Tomney, wants to come on Man in Line, certainly if Claire Wells wants to come on Man in Line, she's been invited on Man in Line half a dozen and more times to come on and just to put her point of view as the leader, the leader of Douglas Council, just to say where it stands, where this policy of the fortnightly bin collection is. Is it a green initiative or is it there to save money? If it's there to save money, how much is it saving? And what's going to happen in the summer when people who have enormous bins have food waste in them for nearly two weeks at a time when it's 20, 21, 22 degrees? What's the plan then? What will the council be doing? But Man in Line is open to Janet Tominy, to Claire Wells. You're more than welcome to come on Man in Line and uh, state your point of view. The GPs need a cancellation number so people can cancel. Some people want to cancel GP appointments, just can't get through, so a separate number would surely fix this, or perhaps a central number, says Pammy, for cancel GP appointments, then there'll be more to go around. Well said, Rose, says uh, Texter001. Thank you for that, Rose. Good to hear from you. I'd like to know what's happening to sort out the grossly unfair system of care payments, says Sue. People are living fear of having all their hard-earned assets ripped away, as far as I know. Uh, that's it for Man in Line today. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones. Back tomorrow. W-I-N-C.
Sie.